Welcome to this podcast on the minor characters of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. This podcast will focus on some of the more peripheral characters of Dickens' infamous novella, A Christmas Carol. Whilst they might not jump out as being the most significant characters to discuss, from marking the GCSE paper, I can assure you that examiners are indeed very much impressed by candidates discussing characters that are a little lesser known, so please don't overlook them. Characters we'll look at today include the charwoman, the undertaker and the laundress, also known as Mrs Dilber, who have all plundered stolen goods from Scrooge. He does not realise this at the time when he is with the ghosts of Christmas yet to come, because he is under the delusion that he is seeing someone else's death. At this point in his redemptive journey in Stay 4, Scrooge cannot yet acknowledge that this faith is his own one. Old Joe is a pawnbroker who buys the stolen goods on the black market in the slums of Victorian London. Mrs Silver is a laundress who worked for Scrooge. After Scrooge died, she seals his sheets, towels, some clothing, silver teaspoons and sugar tongs. The charwoman is the cleaning lady and usually charwomen were of the lower classes and they would have picked up work on an ad hoc basis. She removes Scrooge's bed curtains that surround his four-poster bed, his blankets and silk shirt to sell to old Joe. Dickens creates these four unpleasant characters to illustrate the depravity that greed can cause in all sections of society. Dickens brings them to life through their dialogue as they justify their actions. They claim to be taking care of themselves as a dead man always took care of himself. They don't see that anyone has suffered from their thefts. The man died without anyone to care for him or miss him or his possessions. Although on face value these claims might seem logical, the attitudes of the people are intended to shock the reader because they are so harsh and uncaring, much like Scrooge himself at the start of the novella. When the last of the spirits, the ghost of Christmas yet to come, appears to Scrooge, he takes the old miser to a low-browed beetling shop in a terrible quarter of London, where we encounter old Joe, the pawnbroker. And he is immediately visited by the charwoman, the laundress, who's also known as Miss Stilber and the undertaker. And they've each stolen goods from Scrooge's home after he died. And they're going to bargain for the best possible price with old Joe. Interestingly, there are parallels to be drawn between old Joe and Scrooge, as both characters are covetous and driven by greed. In this manner, despite his unsavoury surroundings in the obscure part of town which reeks with crime, with filth and misery, the reader is made all too aware that Scrooge's life is not too dissimilar to the pawnbrokers, despite their environments. Old Joe is described as an old rascal of nearly 70, smoking a pipe near a stove behind a tattered curtain. He bursts into laughter upon being joined by the charwoman, the laundress, Mrs Dilber, and the undertaker. It could be interpreted that these people are the jackals of society, for they have plundered what things they could obtain from the house of the dead Scrooge. The charwoman has even gone to the extent of taking the curtains, which is a very intimate piece of memorabilia from Scrooge's home. This is to the amazement of Joe, who has never quite seen anything like this before. She's also gone another step further and taken the very shirt from Scrooge's back, showing absolutely no respect for the dead. 
In fact, they just laugh it off at this thought of stealing someone's personal items. And the charwoman scoffs. If he wanted to keep him after he was dead, a wicked old screw, why wasn't he natural in his lifetime? If he had been, he'd have had somebody to look after him when he was struck with death, instead of lying gasping out his last there, alone by himself. This sentiment may seem terribly harsh, considering the fact that in stage four, where this scene unfolds, Scrooge is clearly embarking on his redemptive journey in becoming a better person. However, from the perspective of society's downtrodden, who are unaware of Scrooge's moral awakening, the charwoman's comments are the truest word that have been spoken about Scrooge. The fact that these characters, from a much lower social standing than Scrooge, feel the authority in passing judgment on him highlights the injustice they believe he has caused their classes. Despite having stolen from Scrooge after his death, the characters feel vindicated as they were so thoroughly neglected and abandoned by people just like Scrooge, who had the very real potential for changing society, but failed to do so out of selfishness. The point of this scene, being towards the end of the novella, is to prove to Scrooge that after his death, not only is he being disrespected, but his possessions have been stolen and are being sold, taken right out from under his dead body. With no family to protect him, as he has shunned them, pushed them all away, nobody to protect his possessions, he is left vulnerable to thieves and opportunists. It is, in a way, the spirit of Christmas yet to come, to prove to him that his life has no value in relationship to other people. No one will miss him, no one values him enough to respect him, even in his death. The behaviour of old Joe, Mrs Silver, the charwoman and the undertaker in pillaging the protagonist's possessions following his death is so shocking to Scrooge and so vile that he is jolted into a thought-provoking understanding of how little people thought of him as a person. Of particular significance is this conversation about the bed curtains. The charwoman's blasé responses to old Joe's questioning of how she acquired Scrooge's bed curtains illustrates her lack of care towards a dead man, which in itself reflects Scrooge's callous attitude towards the poor and destitute at the start of the novella. The text reads, Joe went down on his knees for the greater convenience of opening it, and having unfastened the great many knots, dragged out a large and heavy roll of some dark stuff. What do you call this, said Joe? Bed curtains. Ah, returned the woman, laughing and leaning forward on her crossed arms. Bed curtains. You don't mean to say you took them down, rings and all, with him lying there, said Joe. Yes, I do, replied the woman. Why not? You were born to make your fortune, said Joe, and you'll certainly do it. The charwoman obviously thought so little of Scrooge that she stripped the bed curtains while he was still lying in the bed. Even though he was laying there dead, she didn't think that it was wrong to take his bed curtains and his blankets and also his nightshirt. This grisly scene is designed to have quite the effect on Scrooge. He's horrified that anyone could do such a thing. However, in his heart, he's a changed man. And while he feels sympathy for the dead man, it never occurs to him that that's actually him. When he finds out it is a real blow, he is shocked at how he has been treated. It's a final step to push him into the right direction. This is all compounded by the appearance of the businessmen who are overheard by Scrooge, flippantly and casually joking about someone's death. They really don't care that this man has died, and Scrooge is appalled as he listens to their gossip about the long-awaited death of their contemporary, whom they say is bound to have a cheap funeral in one last attempt at a dig.
One businessman even comments that he will only go to the funeral if lunch is provided, which illustrates the self-serving and exploitative nature of some Victorian businessmen. This heightens the contrast between Scrooge at the start of the novella, who would have perhaps shared these men's sentiments. He works on the day of his business partner, Jacob Marley's death, after all. To the more compassionate and considerate character that Scrooge is starting to become as he progressed through his redemptive journey with the ghosts. Music